You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hello, fellow angels. How are we? How, how, how is things? What's happening? Um, Today, we're going to talk about something that my dearest friend Vanessa had shared on her uh, Instagram and her Facebook page, her professional page, um, which I am like, you have to go listen to it, but we'll reiterate it here. Um, And I, I think it's important because of the fact that we don't, I don't think we realize what we're doing until we're faced with seeing what we're doing. And it's, it's kind of a shocking sometimes when you are like, oh, I'm doing that still. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> is the perfect word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what are we going to share with them today? Um, well, you know, uh, the blame game, people don't even like that term. I cringed a little bit when I heard it too. Cause I was like, Oh, blame is so terrible. It's kind of like when we hear the word jealousy, we're like, I don't do that. Like, because it has a bad connotation. I don't do that. Same thing with blame. I don't blame people like, yeah, mm -hmm. but in, in some sort of capacity, I think, um, a lot of us have, have to look at that facet of us, of, of who are we blaming for something? Um, and maybe we did it a long time ago and just kind of held on to it, but Hey, when you do that work, that inner work, things pop up. And that's what happened to me <laughs> when, you know, we were sitting in our, in our, our, our class that we've been doing and doing so much work and diving so deep. It was like that shock that my, that my counterpart is talking about of like, Oh, I didn't think I was doing that. I didn't think I was holding somebody on the hook, but in a way I am. And it redefined so much for me just in that moment of like, Oh, here's the denials that went with that. And here's the ignoring that went with that. And here's the, you know, the rigidity that went with that. And it was like, Oh, so you don't have to be really thinking about the person (laughs) in order to be holding on to the thing. Um, so yeah, it spawned the, you know, the, the inspiration for me, you know, most of the things that I share on my professional pages are either work that I'm doing or something profound that I've done with somebody else that I feel like, whoa, you know, like the masses really need to hear this right now so that they can do some thinking about it. But um, yeah, I mean, we, it's part of taking responsibility for our own lives, I think. Um, and letting other people stop being responsible for our own lives by carrying the story of what they've done to us. So essentially when we're playing the, the blame game, that's what we're doing. We're literally just being like, Hey, you know what, that thing that you did, I'm just going to go ahead and let that control the rest of my life. I'm going to have no choice. 
I'm going to like just operate from that forever and live. I'm just going to live miserably. That's what I'm going to do. And it's like, when you think of it that way, you're like, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's going to be all your fault that I'm living this way. And, and I'm going to hold you on the hook for all the bad things that happened to me and all the now (laughs) something I want to share that I think just to clear up something in the beginning versus you know, at the end when I remember to do it, yeah. it doesn't, well, we talk about it and we talk about it in the way that we do because we experience it. So then we, we kind of have to be a little flippant because it's easier to digest when you're a little flippant about this stuff, because it's hard to just realize, oh my gosh, I have punished myself my whole life just for the sake of carrying this emotion and blaming somebody for it. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that your original reason for it isn't valid. Mm-hmm. It's very valid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say that they didn't hurt you or do something horrible to you in life. Um, mm-hmm. This, there was a, there used to be, um, and I think she shared this. I think she, I think there, I think in the course there was a, um, there's an old, I guess, adage where it says that, you know, two months were, were walking and, you know, they're sworn off not to touch a woman or whatever. And mm-hmm. then there's this, there's this woman who is trying to cross a river and struggled. So the, the older monk picked up the woman and, and crossed the river and helped her, you know, whatever. And, and then continues on. And the younger monk is like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You touched a woman. We're not supposed to. Oh my God. And he like freaks out for like three miles. And yeah the older monk says turns and I'm paraphrasing guys, I'm murdering this. Understand that. (laughs) And the, and the older monk looks at the younger monk and said, well, see, that's the difference between us. I carried her for, you know, two seconds. You've carried her for the last three miles. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of indicative of what we do. We can either see what a person has done, understand what they've done, accept it doesn't mean that we condone it acceptance is, mm-hmm. is not equal condoning right but not allow it to rule our life mm-hmm. and to rule like how we feel our experiences what happens to us whereas if you're the other guy the other the younger monk that's when we get into the the blame game the 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 victimization of what we call holding somebody on the hook because, oh my God, it's because of that, that I'm this way. It's because of that. It's because of this. It's like the narrative is like, you know, I'm holding my belt self back from success because I need to prove that you hurt me. Mm -hmm. I need to prove that you've done something to me. That's horrible. Therefore I'm going to make myself miserable my entire life so that you are held on the hook and accountable for it. Right. Because if I get better and I look good and I look happy, then all of a sudden what you did wasn't a life ruining experience. That's that mentality. That's the feeling that we have of like, it must remain super important and super in everybody's face because it was so not fair. And the, that's the word forgive what comes back around. You know, I had a client that we talked about this and I said, you don't have to forgive. You don't have to use that word. You don't, because some people, some people do things that are unforgivable. Truly. Yeah. And when, when, especially when you live in the, the Christian sphere, we think of forgiveness of like atonement for your sins, like no matter what sin you do, 
it's all good. You're going to heaven as long as you talk about it. Like what? No. (laughs) Right. And that's that, that's that thing that we battle against when we think of like, well, I'm not going to forgive that person. I'm not going to tell that person that it's okay. Um, And I had even, you know, had a, a a personal friend on, on a Facebook page posting something about um, our trauma and saying, I don't, I don't like the idea of our trauma makes us stronger. I don't like thanking our trauma. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do instead? You're going to hold on to it negatively forever, or are you going to turn it into whatever you can turn it into, right? Like that is a mentality. That is a choice. We aren't inviting more trauma in by saying that I can recover from it unless we're not recovering from it. And we're calling more trauma in because we're operating from it. Like that has nothing to do with being able to say that you can live a healthy life if somebody did something horrible to you. Those are two very different things, but we're kind of in that space. I think as we disconnect from each other, some of it is like, we feel like that, that pain needs to be validated in order for people to understand us a lot of the time. So we have to hold on to it and we have to keep talking about it and we have to keep putting it in people's faces so that they understand our behaviors, our thoughts, our, you know, the way that we operate in our lives and all it's doing is letting that person or that thing take over the whole rest of our lives. Yeah. And, 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 and healing it does not make it okay. Your success does not mean that the other person helped you get there you don't have to say you don't have to say the words because this happened to me I am better however if you want to it can be a very powerful statement to me overcoming something is very powerful I don't want to have to do it I'm not saying I want some more of it (laughs) so that I can overcome but no (laughs) in spite and I love the word spite (laughs) I do. I don't care if I'm doing something in spite of what happened to me, I feel a hell of a lot stronger. Like you will not do that to me. You will not make an event. The thing I operate from for the rest of my life. Absolutely not. It's a power statement to be able to say that. And, and that's so true. Let let's, let's kind of make it weird for a second. Okay. So if you think about the thing that happened to you most of the time, 90% of the time, I'd say 75, where it happened when we were a child. When we experience some sort of trauma, some sort of event that sticks with us, that we kind of hold within our being, we are emotionally retarding, preventing. I'm not saying that like using the word as in like you're retarded, but like Mm -hmm. you're, you're preventing, you're retarding your growth emotionally and mentally. So when a child is upset and angry, what does a child do? I hate you. I, and it goes in its room and it stews about what you just did to that them. And, And they hold it and they hold it and they hold it and they hold it and they hold it, they hold it. What happens when trauma happens, usually it's your brain as a child does stuff to make you safe. So it might forget what happened or it might hold on to it until you're an adult and you're ready to see what happened Mm -hmm. and it'll show up as an adult. Now, we're saying all this to give you insight to the fact that when you hold someone on the hook, when you're using the idea that 
and you're carrying that weight that that person gave you, that weight of trauma, the weight, the boulder that they handed you when they did that to you, you're going to continuously carry it. And when you realize you're carrying it and you continue to carry it, you're punishing your present self for the sake of what has happened as a child. So, because as adults, our brains are like, you know, you would think that we'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to carry this shit. This isn't mine. I want to live a good life. I'm going to move forward. Mm -hmm. But when it happens at an earlier age, we don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. We, we sometimes don't know how to let go or how Mm -hmm. to let it go or how it's hurting us. We're going to still be mad because gosh, darn it. If I'm not going to restrict, I'm going to take my love away from you and you're not, and I'm not going to, you know, and and in a sense, that's what the inner child is doing is Mm -hmm. just, but it doesn't realize is that it's now turned into punishment of the self because it's restricting every good thing that is waiting for it to show up. Like, there's all these wonderful things like abundance, love, kindness, compassion, empathy on the, on the outside of this bubble that, that child, like that child energy has kept you in. And you either, we either choose to pop that bubble and allow those things to filter through and help us heal. And I'm not talking heal as in like, get rid of it or like, make it okay or, or find forgiveness or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about healing it within yourself, understanding. Yes, I was, this happened to me. Yes. My feelings around it are valid. Yes. That person is, is not a good person for doing that to me. However, because that happened to me, I want to live a better life. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to be good to me because I had that experience. Like I've lived that experience this long. Now I want to be better. I want, I want to be better so that I can experience the wonderful things that are around me. Mm-hmm. Now it's always a viewpoint, you know, we're always in this space of viewpoints, perceptions, filters, like, you know, I, I too don't like the word forgiveness because I have a hard time with it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's about forgiving that other person. I think it's about forgiving ourselves from having carried what they gave us for perpetuating what they did to us. That's the forgiveness that I seek in myself. Like mm-hmm. I too, Vanessa, I mean, you know, me and my mother, and I will be very honest about this. I, I, recently realized how much I still hold her on the hook for shit. Like I have come to acceptance about who and what she is and what she's not capable of and what she's capable of. I have like done the work. I've separated myself from her so I could heal some of it. So I could create some sort of relationship with her. I've done a lot of that work, but I didn't realize how much of it I still had her on the hook for. And then I realized, oh my gosh, like wow. Okay. I'm still punishing myself by having a dysfunctional relationship with money, having a, you know, there's a couple of other ways I hold her on the hook, but it's, you know, it's just that sense of like, we have to make a decision when we discover this, you have a decision as an adult, 
do we work in healing that childlike aspect of ourselves or do we continue on the same narrative and stay in the immaturity of it? Yeah. And I was writing feverishly because I was like, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> because that's, that's like the, I feel like one of the big nuggets of what we, like the work that we've been doing for ourselves, in addition to what we're trying to like bring into this podcast here of like their responsibility and holding on to it and in our lives today and how that punishment keeps going. We're not just punishing ourselves, we're punishing them, right? Like in, because we feel like every time something happens, right? So every time something happens that is because of them, I don't have to own it, (laughs) right? Like I can just say that it's because of them, (laughs) right? And that's like way easier than being like, well, I've made a choice to carry that with me. Like, I don't like the sound of that. That doesn't feel like I, that, that suddenly takes the blame off that person. And I need them to be blamed because I need them to own it because they did it. Right. And that's that, that, like you said, that maturity of stepping into that space of saying, yes, that was installed in me because of that. Yes. That's the thing that I have to overcome, but I do have choice today. The idea that I'm telling myself that I have no choice today because of that is invalid and I have to stop, right? Like it's that acceptance. Like I have to stop because they did it one time. They're not doing it today and I'm letting them do it today by bringing it here and using it as my reason and, you know, like not owning that part you know, and, and that ownership, I, I get it. It's hard because you don't have the awareness yet, but a lot of times we do have some awareness and sometimes it takes just a tiny bit of poking. When I, well, the, the thing that I like got into during our class was like, oh man, like, I guess in a way there was some awareness of how I felt about the situation, how I felt about the person, right? Like I was very much aware that like, that's like a, ugh part of of life but I kind of thought of it as just well I mean it doesn't it's it's irrelevant in your life today because you took care of it you know like you put the boundary and you held the boundary and good for you you did that but it was like oh look at all the other stuff that was behind it (laughs) that I didn't look at because I shut the door I slammed the door I locked the door I bolted the door and there's stuff behind that door that is good for me to have and to hold and to enjoy and to bring into my life and to celebrate about me. And it, it really got lost in that, that lack of ownership of what, what, what I could do today versus what I couldn't do when I was a kid, right? You can't do it then, right? They do own it then, but at some point we do get the opportunity to say, yeah, you did some crappy things. A hundred percent. You should not have done them. And I don't need to forgive you because they're unforgivable and people shouldn't have done that to a kid or people shouldn't have done that to a woman or whatever, you know, like, yeah, we can have that. We can have that energy and still have healing energy. You don't have to, you know, Dalai Lama, everybody in order <laughs> to go have a good life. You can still say, no, that was shitty with a smile. Like I don't have to own it though. Yeah. Like you have to own it because you're the one who did it. Yeah. So if you want, if you want guilt, go ahead and have it. But I'm not going to carry victimization with me today. And the other thing I encourage you to look at 
some a situation like that with is is there part of what they did have you as a child or as an adult has is a part of you tried to own it as you deserved it hmm. because sometimes when things happen to us hmm. if we're in that headspace or we're in that environment where we feel like we're not enough or that we're not that there isn't that sense of empowerment or that sense of knowing who you are and somebody does something to you, a lot of times the brain will spin it and try to make it seem like, well, but you deserve that. You Mm -hmm. deserve that because of your X, Y, and Z or because you're not X, Y, and Z. So be very careful and be very clear to yourself and how you feel about what happened, not just anger or frustration or upset about what happened, but is there part of you that is owning the, the, the The event itself? Yeah. That, that you deserved that. And that's why it happened because that's, Mm. that's a big, that's a big kind of speed bump when it comes to healing. If you're trying to heal some of these things, some of these traumas, some of these moments in your life where you're still holding people on the hook, if you haven't explored what you feel your part of it was in it, you're going to have a really difficult time in maneuvering over that speed bump. Cause like, as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking about to myself, like as a kid, I always just felt really unloved by my mother. Like I wasn't enough. Like what, what was it about? I was a middle child. Believe me, the, the hierarchy of children, having children was so rich in my family life. Like, you know, the oldest gets what they want. The middle child gets, you know, forgotten and the baby, the baby gets what they want. The oldest one is the one that has to toe the line, really generally be the breadwinner and whatever, or, you know, I'm so proud or whatever. I had middle child syndrome. (laughs) I had middle child syndrome my whole life. Like, you know, and it was very apparent. So I was very much in that space of like, my mother's not helping me. And why doesn't she, she gives my brother money for gas, but yet I'm supposed to go get a job like Mm. money and my mother. And I was a mixed up and a lot of really, really tangled roots of Mm. how she treated my other siblings with money and how she spent or didn't spend and, and how versus me. And so when it comes to money and my mother, there's a really long route there that's very tangled, yeah. very gnarly. Um, but part of myself was like, was I not enough? You know, was I, I rebelled when I was in high school. Is that why that I didn't get it is, yeah. is why is it that, you know, it just, so part of me, I think took on some of the reasoning and some of the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The culpability of mm-hmm. the situation. Well, cause our brain needs an answer. We cannot just hang out with like, well, I guess that happened. Like we, it's like our brain's job <laughs> is to figure out how, why everything happened so that we can next time do different, same, whatever. I mean, it's very, it's an unconscious pro- process most of the time. 
right? Like most of what we do is subconscious and a tiny, tiny bit of it is in the conscious mind. So in, in the tiny moments when you're saying, why is this happening? And you can think of a couple of reasons. There's a billion other things going on in the back of your head, trying to find that reasoning also and holding on to the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. It's very, very simple, right? And whatever makes sense. And, and if we don't get a resolution, we just, oh, hold on to it. Our brain holds on to it. It's, it's sometimes very involuntary or it is involuntary till we go in to change it. Yeah. Um, and I love that you brought this up. I love it because I think there's more people out there doing that than, than we know, or they know, right. Because as soon as you started talking, all I could think about was abusive relationships. Yeah. Right. And like that perpetration of abuse of, well, I did do it. I made them mad right? Like if you made your dad mad and he hit you or your mom, then you made everybody mad. You did it for the whole, for your entire life. It's I do it. And I have to learn how to not do it in order for it to not happen. Major. Huge, huge. And you know, and if you're in an unsafe environment, your brain is already, you already have trauma brain where it triggers Mm -hmm. you to keep you safe. So it's going to create narratives to keep you isolated and to keep you safe from any type of retaliation or something of this nature. So yeah, it's, your brain is biased to go in the sense of if I, if I do some self-recrimination, maybe I won't stretch my neck out so far to get chopped off again. Like maybe I won't ask for that love or maybe I won't seek it. Maybe I won't, even though part of me is still yearning for it and asking for it. The other part of me is just resigned that it's not going to happen. And right. So you don't know where you'll reject the, or, you know, depending on the situation, you may reject the person altogether because you're like, well, you reject me. I reject you because yeah. that's the story that went inside my head. And then, so that's the one I'm operating from. Yeah. I so, mean, there's so many different facets. Of it. Oh, and to this day, I mean, not so much now, but even to the last two or three years, I notice, and, and this is something I don't like to admit about myself, but I used to, when I knew that there was an ending of a friendship or a relationship coming. Like if I felt that we were just not matched and like, I used to make up stories in my mind about how I'm so much better off without them and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I would make it so that I would reject the relationship or friendship Mm. to keep me safe. So that if I reject them first, they can't hurt me because I've already rejected them. I don't need you. Like, it's created that buffer of hurt to that pain. And yeah, when I realized that I was like, oh girl, you got some shit. you got some issues. And, <laughs> right. and, and I, and I, but we uh, all do. I've worked through them. I, mm-hmm. I realized. And so I catch myself now when I'm starting to go down that road of like, oh, he does this or she does that. And I'm like, girl, you're just doing that because you're afraid they're going to reject you and run and abandon you. I'm like, that's what it is. And right. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. It, I, I recognize it. So I help myself see the light quicker yeah. than I ever have. So Definitely. it's just about knowing, you know, ourselves and knowing how we react to those situations. Right. But, and getting at those roots, right? Like where did this come from? Where did this message come from that I'm holding on to? Right. Like, and, and I, and I can't stress it enough that most of the time, a lot of it is involuntary. We're not trying. 
right? Like when, when you're in a trauma space and you're thinking about the, the, the trauma that happened to you and holding somebody on the hook, you're not doing it with intention to be miserable. You're not doing it with intention to ruin the rest of your life. You know, like you're not sitting here waking up in the morning and going today is another day of holding my trauma because I am dedicated to being miserable. Like it's not conscious. It's subconscious. It's happening because your brain made up something to keep you safe. (laughs) And we have to go in and be like, other, other things exist brain. And we talk to our brain like that. Sometimes like there are other stories. We have more information now, right? We did detective work. We did neutral observer. We have more information. Let's reframe this. And, and, and in such a way that allows me to release, right? Like I love the word release because that's what it feels like. You know, when you were talking about holding on to it, you know, if you can picture it as like a heavy bag or like, I used to watch the biggest loser all the time. And sometimes they would make you like run or walk with the weight that you had previously had on you. And then as you progress, you got to release some of it. And like, you could almost feel as you watch them, the, the emotional part of the release. And that's like, that's what we're trying to get at when we're, when we're, healing our trauma is like just releasing it, just letting it go, just dropping it right here in this moment and saying, you don't come with me anymore. You don't weigh me down anymore. You're still exist. You're still, you're still not an okay part of my life that I'm not going to celebrate. And I'm not going to, you know, thank the person for traumatizing me. (laughs) Right. It's not what any of this is about. This is about thanking myself for caring enough to drop that thanking myself for creating a different future that doesn't include that person I don't want to drag that person around with me anymore I that just hit me in such a way that I'm like yeah girl because because we're all working through some sort of space and some sort of person in our lives and I just and I thought about that, what you just said. And, and as I'm thinking, and I'm like, yeah, we can decide to do different. We don't need to carry that. We don't, we don't need to, well, it's, of course, I may need a couple therapy sessions. I may need to do some cellular memory clearing because it's always helpful when we're doing this kind of work. But at the same time, I'm like, oh yeah. I can just choose to put this down and and leave it here and drop it here and work towards what that looks like. And, and it's like, Oh, Oh, because sometimes it is that easy. Sometimes some of the things we do carry is it is easy just to drop it and move. Yeah. My God. But (laughs) sometimes things I used to carry and it was like, really? We, we can let it be easy. It's not to say that everything will be easy, but there are some things that are just very easily like, really, we're going to do this again. Well, no, we're not going to do it again because we love ourselves enough that we're going to do something different. Um, and if we're not, and if it's not that easy and you find yourself, no, I want to carry this self-punishment around a little bit longer. Why? That leads you down a whole nother rabbit hole of you need, you have some work to do in another area to help assist you to be able to do it in this area. Um, but because 
and 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 I will admit, and for those of you that are like, okay, all right, we're hearing you, we're good, we got you, we want to drop this. How do I know I've dropped this? Yeah. How do I know that I have um, let it go? Or, you know, what if I'm still doing the same actions? There's two things I want to say. One is our physical being is the densest part of us. I've said it before. So it's going to take a minute for it to catch up energetically with what you've decided to do. Yes. So you may still energetically kind of be attracting some similar situations or some, you're like, I dropped that. And you're like, why is that here? Well, the body's slow on the uptake. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it always is going to be because it's just so and Our body is an attractor. <laughs> our energy is an attractor. <laughs> But some of you may be afraid of dropping it because you don't know what it looks like after dropping it. You're afraid of what that looks like. And I get it. So what I encourage you to do when you're afraid of what that looks like is to sit down and kind of like Vanessa says a lot, get into pretend land and write down what do you think or what do you want it to look like? If you're letting, if saying you're, you're preventing yourself from being successful at what you want to do because of this person, of another person did this to you. If you let that story go, if you let that narrative go, then what, what would it look like? What do you, what do you want it to look like? Or what, and, and, and let's not even get into what, but how do you want to feel? Let's go there because that's, that's more of an impact than what, you know, yeah. you can, anything can happen. Right. But what do you want to feel when you release this? What are, what are some feelings that you think may come up if you release this? Give yourself the idea, the ability to kind of stretch it out, broaden your, the thought process, like daydream, get a little bit, you know, creative with what you, how, and what you want to feel. But also step into, if you find yourself resistant to doing this, ask yourself the question, am I too tied to my story? Mm-hmm. Many people who come to me, and I'm sure come to Vanessa, um, when they want help with something, but they don't want to release the story. They don't want to release the idea or or they're not ready to release what they're experiencing so yeah so really check into am i attached to this story do i use it to identify with because when we use our trauma to identify like when we like our narrative we're we're not really willing to let go of it and really kind of investigate the little tentacles around this subject and about how, yeah, about if you're ready to create your own life, to have the freedom to create how you want to feel and what your life looks like. Are you ready to drop and let go of the need to hold someone on the hook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we talk about pretend land, I think it's, um, you know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm working with somebody and we go into pretend land, I will try to be like, okay, so if this didn't happen to you, what would your life look like? 
right? And we may be able to get into that space. And then the next question is, why can't your life look like that right now? What is preventing that from what, you know, why can't we create that? You know, and kind of sometimes just going through those motions allows you to get into a little bit of like, you know, confusion, which is a good place sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, dang, my story doesn't make as much sense right now. <laughs> like, that's kind of weird. Let me investigate further, you know, um, just because we all deserve to release this shit. We all deserve to not have to carry the terrible things that have happened to us or the mediocre things that have happened to us or whatever, you know, we don't deserve for a person who has negatively influenced our life to just take the whole entire thing from us. We don't deserve that. You know, we love, we love to watch movies about a disadvantaged person who comes out on top. We love it. Why do we love it? Because of the strength that it takes to move past that, but we all have the ability. Those are not special people who were anointed with a, you know, an oil when they were born that made them be able to do it. And the rest of us aren't, (laughs) we all have the ability. It's just that decision of no more. I drop it here. True story. True story. And if you need help unpacking this, picking apart your tangled web of this subject, we're here for you. We are so here for you. So please reach out to us, whether it's on Facebook, via email, just connect with us. We'll help you unpack that. We'll help you see whether you're ready to leave that state of victimhood and ready to step into that place where you're empowered to make and create and feel the way you want to feel and create the life you want to create. Yes. We love you. can. Yes. Absolutely. We all can. It just takes some tiny bit of work sometimes. So we love you. This one's short and sweet for you guys. We hope you have a great week ahead. We will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved. You are worthy. And the world needs your light.